0: Live from the Music Speaks Sometimes Loud studio, it is... The Music Speaks Sometimes Loudly podcast, or whatever we decide to name it. On on the board, we got Mr. M48. Woo! Yay! yay.
1: You need to play an applause clap for me. Or a boo, I don't care.
0: (laughs) I I have a funky riff that I just added there. We also got the pop... So today's topics are master volumes. What are they and Ma- why do we need them?
1: <laughs> master volume, master volumes on what? On, on amps, everything. On-
0: we should have master volumes on life with the way things are going nowadays. <laughs> we, we need to turn down the noise and we need to do it now.
1: That sounds like a political thing. Whoa, are you whoa, uh, whoa, politi- whoa. are you politically amped today?
0: No, no, no. No, music speaks does not does not talk about or condone politics. We're not into that. Not here. Not now. No, we don't. Not ever. That's not what we do. So M forty eight, thank you for using the p word. But every time you use that on our show, there's gonna be a blue on the. Pads. I gotta,
1: I gotta put it. I gotta put a dollar in the swear jar.
0: Hell yeah, <laughs> we don't we not talk about that noise. But yeah, master volumes. So you know we're 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 guitarists. We're music fans. But you know a lot of the great amps don't really have a master volume like the loud amps. You would think like a Marshall 100 watt or something else. Does the two, the rock SS have a have a master volume? It does. So you're you're essentially able to hear that amp for what it sounds like.
1: Yeah, I, I was uh, I've been testing it, you know, uh, almost every day. And kind of you know dialing in some tones that um, that I like, and it it's really usable in any volume, really, which I like. That's what I like about it. And you can power scale it down to fifty watts.
0: Uses more tubes, but hey, <laughs> that's what people do. <laughs> Got to go through those. That's why I went through the tubes on that little PV because I run it at a, at one watt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So running it at lower power it basically destroys tubes. It wears them out quicker.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I haven't like, um, I I'm more more so run it at the straight 100 because that's what I bought it for basically. So, yeah. but I've you know I've just been kind of testing it, see what it sounds like at 50.
0: Is that is that 150 watt amp?
1: No, it's 100.
0: Oh, on the podcast they said 150
1: they it's because they have two versions they have the 150 watt and the 100 watt and i have the 100 watt
0: damn 150
1: yeah that's the that's how many watts the original steel string singer had
0: that's that's a lot of wattage i mean even the loudest amps on earth marshall cough cough they're 100 watt
1: (laughs) yeah they're 100 watts and they're loud but versus uh, an amp like two rock they're not as loud because they don't really distort. They're just—it's just, it's just uh, the, the the wattage you're seeing on the the specifications chart is headroom. Yes, yes. And yes. I think that's I think that's what a lot of people misunderstand about amps is they think a fifty or hundred watt amp is twice as loud as a fifty watt amp. No, it's not. They're about the same. It's just the uh, the level of headroom that you can get out of that amp. Yeah. One's gonna compress sooner, one's gonna just be wide open.
0: And what we mean by that is the the distortion and the clarity. If you want a clean tone and you turn it up, it tends to distort, but the more headroom, it allows mm-hmm. you to use more of that clean tone at a louder louder volume.
1: Yeah, I always tell people who like are you know, they're looking for an amp or something, the very few times people ask for my advice and my opinion. <laughs> If
0: um Can you imagine if, wait wait let's let's step back a bit before you get into this
1: tenji. What would that look like? Like if uh someone was like, Hey, <laughs> hey Marcus, I need your help on uh buying an amp, which what, what should I get? I wonder
0: we should call that we should make that segment.
1: Like uh isn't there um
0: <laughs> Ask M forty eight about amp purchases? <laughs>
1: Ask M48 about amp purchases, guitar purchases, any type of purchases. What he's going to tell you is ball out.
0: <laughs> exactly. He's not the friendliest, but he'll give you a definite answer. So today's segment, we're going to introduce a new one. Ask M48. M48, on the polls today, what what amp do you recommend I purchase?
1: Well, that depends. Uh, what uh, what are you going for? Are you going for... a. Uh, uh, a clean sound with like a strat or something, or are you going with like full on full metal jacket, you know, with a, um, like, you know, um, with a Ibanez guitar, with um, a bunch of like a, like a, 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 like a crunchy metal sound. What are you looking for? So
0: funny because all the pups I have in every guitar, they're all uniquely different. Not one of my guitars, except for the, the guitars that mirror each other, but I'm just saying like as far as styles go, they're all different. I got pickups that are hot as fuck, like the hottest of hot, 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 like they're sizzling, but then I got the not so hot, and then I got the single coils. So it's funny because okay. the guitars I own, I wouldn't be able to... The only amp I can see capturing the spectrum of everything that I have would be a Mesa Boogie Mark V.
1: Which, coincidentally, you purchased this week.
0: Hell yeah.
1: Finally. Yeah, it's the first, first time on the podcast where uh, Gonzalo purchased um, an item, and it, didn't, it wasn't sold pre-sold, and it didn't get canceled during the order process. So we have an f- official first time... Thing happening here on the podcast.
0: I finally, bought, I finally bought the amp. I've always said was the the best for my takes, but I never purchased. It's weird.
1: But you know, like it, like let's say if someone was kind of just barely, well, not barely getting, but like someone who already knows how to play the guitar and they want to, you know, branch out and you know they they want to like let's say they they had a practice amp and stuff and they they got a bit of cash and they're like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna save up. Um, I saved up some money and I want to buy, you know, a big boy amp. So the next step after that is I would ask him, you know, what, what, uh, what kind of music do you play? What, uh, what thing, what's your, what's your sound basically? And if somebody was like, well, you know, I play mainly a Strat and um, I'm a blues player, you know, I like uh, Steve Ray Vaughan, John Mayer, this, is and that. Okay. That's like a, a big uh, Fender clean sound. So something a good amp that's you know in the middle price range that has a lot of headroom and is like a bang for your buck and you could plug in any pedal to it and it'll take it like a champ is a hot rod deluxe
0: Now the hot rod deluxe it's the big blues junior right essentially
1: Yeah, it's the blues junior's bigger brother the the um blues junior is fifteen watts, and that coincidentally does have a master volume. And I don't think the Hot Rod Deluxe does have a master volume. If I'm Wait, mistaken,
0: Blues Junior, you have to mod it to add a master volume.
1: No, you don't. It has a master volume.
0: Does it? Yeah. I don't recall it having a master volume.
1: The version four and three do.
0: Oh, the one I had was Relic, so it didn't. It didn't have that. Yeah. Yeah, the one I when you acquired for me does not. Did not have a master, correct?
1: No, it had a drive. It had like a, uh, it had like a master. Well, it said master, but it was basically like the the volume of the amp and drive.
0: Dude, that Blues Junior. Once you dial it in at a low volume, like for room for practicing, that thing had this unique, clean characteristics that was so sweet. Like, I think if I were to like say, well, what would be your favorite clean amp besides the Roland Jazz Chorus for like, you know, for tours or whatever? But that amp. I'm not going to lie. I think that was the happiest medium I had when I was using a Strat to clean.
1: I should have sold it back to you then.
0: <laughs> no, I, I needed to move on because I was going to get stuck. Like My my next thing is probably going to be like a Fender Super Reverb because that, that was always an amp I wanted. I just never pulled a trigger on it. But that's going to be my next. I've mm. always liked the clean from the Super Reverb. Always. I've always liked every everything. Like To me, I think the Super Reverb plus a chorus pedal as my B, as my A-Rack was always defined as the clean.
1: Again, another amp that does not have a master volume.
0: God damn it. See, <laughs> that's why we had this show. Because more freaking amps need to have master volumes.
1: You know why? Because there's too many decibel puppies out there.
0: <sighs> For those of you that just joined us, a decibel puppy is <laughs> a modern-day musician who complains about the noise being too loud.
1: It doesn't have to be a musician all the time. It could be, you know, a venue owner or just, just a, an asshole in the crowd. Just being like, hey, I'm trying to have a conversation here. Can you turn down the band? No, motherfucker. <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, I'm going to turn it up. He's like, guess what, buddy? You just earned yourself an, a 100 watts. I was playing on 50. Now I'm going to turn that sucker to 100.
0: Dude, <laughs> they, they switched the sound guy, right, to the Livingston, the, the Fourth of July festivals, correct? Yeah.
1: Um, when we did it last year, it was like a, it was like a group like like a um, thing that the Livingston hired. They weren't that good. The, uh, I didn't like the way they mic my aunt.
0: The the guy prior to that, the guy that did three shows in a row for me, he mm-hmm. always told me my speakers were blown. That was always his argument because every time I'd hit the distortion, I'd always mm-hmm. drop in sound, mm. even though. It clearly wasn't mic'd adequately.
1: Yeah. Um, when I did the gig with uh, with you, he didn't mic my amp right. I had the um, the amp I was using at the time was a Fender DeVille. So that's the bigger brother of the Hot Rod Deluxe.
0: Oh, yeah, the DeVille back then, huh?
1: Yeah, the one, the big-ass the big one on wheels.
0: Okay, so the DeVille is the big that. brother to the Deluxe, which is the big brother to the Blues Junior. Yeah. And then the twin reverb, the big brother is the super reverb. Yep. And the baby brother is the princeton.
1: The the like Okay, so the baby baby brother like the infant is the princeton and yes. then the toddler is the deluxe. And then the teenage brother is the um the twin and then the the full grown adult brother is the super.
0: Oh, okay. S- okay. Those are, those are known for less uh, um, twangy, less grit, right? Less, less dirt.
1: Those are all clean. Like, if you want just, like, the straight fender clean sound, that's it. You get one of those, you're, you're golden.
0: You're like Golden Boy Productions. We just lost Canelo. Oh, drawing in some boxing stuff in there.
1: I'm not really a boxing uh, guy. Oh, yeah, I am. It
0: used to get me angry. It was fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's was all gonna, rigged. Uh, I was going to say something, too, about the, the amps.
0: Oh, man, um, amps are, are fun. <laughs> like if someone, let's go back to the topic. So a new player comes to you and says, Hey, M48, I am looking to purchase an amp, and everyone at Guitar Center doesn't know what should I do. What do you
1: suggest? Well, like I said, I would, I would ask them, you know, what kind of style of music they play, and, you know, it, it all depends on what they play, you know.
0: Electronic Death Metal, also known as industrial.
1: I would ask you to get the fuck out of my face.
0: <laughs> um, I think that's what the world did, man.
1: No, for something like that, I would probably suggest you know something digital because I don't think you can really get a whole lot out of like a let let's say like maybe um, what's a what's a high gain amp that the uh, PV Invective, like a PV or you know like a. a like a, a lower cost Mesa or something like that. Oh no, I don't the don't lower cost
0: w- MESAs are garbage, dude.
1: Yeah, see, I don't that I don't think something like that would get them in the ballpark. Isn't so that, isn't
0: that weird how Mesa is such a good company, but yet all their rectifier stuff is? I mean, it's not even worth it. It's better to just buy a Peavey or a Marshall. <laughs> I was like, why? Why did he? I don't know. I guess they were trying to get into that market, huh?
1: Yeah, and then two, what I would recommend is because you want to, you know, have like a, a crank, you know, crunch sound, something like having an actual amp with tubes, being able to get that sound of it out of it at a reasonable volume without an attenuator, which is another rabbit hole to go in itself. It's not possible, so I would just recommend something like a, a Kemper or uh, one of the the Line Six, you know, uh, things.
0: So, with an attenuator, do would, if an amp had a master volume, is an attenuator needed? Uh,
1: I think it depends on the amp. I think like um, if you like your amp, like if you like your amp with the preamp gain, you know, at a certain volume, and then you like your master volume at a certain uh, place. And then when you're asked to turn the master volume down and you lose, you know, some of that uh, characteristic of the amp, I think that's when an attenuator is needed.
0: I'm trying to stay away from attenuations. It's starting to piss me off because the Ox attenuator, the Riviera attenuator, the craft attenuator, the Tube App Expander—they all add this weird color to the amp that I'm not digging at all like I think the bubble bursted
1: but that could be something that you can um, you can get like uh, get out of the mix right
0: uh, it adds like how do I explain it it takes away that drive I know I know the attenuators are designed to have that push like a real yeah. feel amp I still feel like it makes it stale it makes the amp sound stale hmm so I'm not even I've... thinking attenuators are gonna be it yet. I think with Waza through Boss coming out with the tube app expender, I think we're going in the right direction.
1: Yeah, but it's the technology is just not there yet. It's, That's get, what you're it's yeah,
0: it's like it's like when Line Six barely came out, it was garbage. Now it's like oh, okay, for seven hundred bucks you get this little HX stomp. It's the size of a cell phone and a half, but it, it essentially can be your rig. It can be an amp to practice with. It can be an amp to tour with. All that jazz. But it's there now. But it's been 20 years in the making. The tube app expender, I think it's going to open the market for someone, a real serious hitter, to get into the thing and do true competition. Because I don't. I think it's there. I think the concept is now getting there. But I don't think it's there yet. It's not like, oh, my God, that attenuator makes my amp sound amazing. Every time I hear it in the mix or hear it in the recording, I don't like the tone. It does not sound good. I still think a microphone... Is still ideal, because the micro microphone when it captures that hit of the the bo- of the air, I don't know. I think it captures more grit. I, I don't think the attenuator is there yet.
1: Hmm. So it's like like when you're building a Lego set, right? And then like you you have like the the shape of the the spaceship or the the car or whatever. It, it's already taken place, and you're like you can tell. Oh, it's a car. You know, you could tell. But, like you're still a few pages away, you know, from completing the thing. I think that's where we are in the attenuation kind of world from your what you're describing.
0: So yeah, because like the master volume goes after the amp, the preamp, so it goes directly to the power amp. Mm-hmm. The attenuator goes between the power amp and the speaker. So it's supposed to capture that same drive that the speakers are supposed to get and emulate it. Mm -hmm. I don't think it captures that push just yet.
1: Hmm.
0: I think it's getting there, but I don't think it's there yet. I think the next iteration of the TAE is going to make it. I think it's going to do it because it was damn close.
1: So tell me, uh, Gonzo here, um, how uh, how far along do you think we have until we have this said technology that you're, desiring, that you're uh, desired for? I
0: think it's five years. I, really I was like going to say the
1: same thing. I was yeah. going to say maybe within the next five years we'll, we'll have something.
0: I think five years because now we're getting into this new realm of decibel puppies, but home recording and all that jazz where people still have those amps. They still have their – people want vintage modern. They want mm. their old super lead, but they want to run it at their house at volumes that's not going to piss off your neighbors. Because nowadays, apparently pissing off your neighbors is frowned upon, whereas in the 70s and 80s, it was like, you know, for those who are gonna rock, we salute you. You know what I mean? It's just, it was badass. Now people are becoming decibel puppies.
1: Yeah, back in the day, they are like, hell yeah, turn that
0: shit up. Yeah, now it's like the opposite. Oh, turn that shit down. But yet, you turn up your Netflix, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Quit watching TV, man. Pick up a fucking guitar. I am tired of that shit. Like, the PS5 is coming out. I'm telling myself, "How should get a PS5 for the new Spider-Man game?" And then I realized, "No. Fuck the PS5. I'm going to wait."
1: <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to wait too. I'm going to wait until all the bugs are are figured out, you know, I read all the reviews, all the people stop crying about it. They're like, "Oh, uh, I don't like this update or the the um, the fresh out of the box it's it's not that good. They wait for the updates, you know, wait for uh, PlayStation to figure their shit out and then like probably by next year when the price goes down a little bit, then maybe I'll consider getting one.
0: You, you know when the prime spot to buy a new console is the fourth year. The fourth.
1: When did the PS, what year did the PS4 come out?
0: 10 years ago, 11 years ago.
1: You serious? The PS4. Yeah. Okay. I bought my PS4 five years ago. Yeah.
0: That's the prime <laughs> spot because then you have a wealth of library to visit at a low cost. Huh. Like when I bought, it so I,
1: what's up? I bought it at the right time.
0: Oh yeah, I, I like to buy. Mike, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was an early adopter of the PS2, the PS1, the PS3. PS3, I was early, early adopter. Like I was in, I was in that line where I saw the little kid get ran over by the people in uh, Pleasanton. That was on the news. I,
1: I had an early PS3 too, and it sucked. It was the worst console I've ever had,
0: dude. I ran Linux on it. You did? Through the GPU. It was amazing. That was my favorite console. Like, it did everything. It was like a supercomputer.
1: Huh. Well, maybe because I was like 10 years old, maybe that's why it didn't work out for
0: me. Oh, no. The the PS3, I don't think graphically it was much different from the PS4. They just had a really hardcore processor, the Cell, which Sony teamed up with IBM, and it was just too hard of an architecture. But till this day, I don't think there was a processor as advanced as the Cell, like if you were to play um, Guns of the Patriots, Metal Gear Solid, mm-hmm. the AI in that game today is still something you can you don't see in any gaming of today. Because that processor, mm. the architecture was so different. Like, dude, you had independent soldiers fighting themselves independently. You know how in in like Call of Duty, right? The soldiers are all coming after you, and it's all kind of there's a pattern, right? Yeah. there's a pattern. They're gonna come through this area on this access, and they're gonna get you through here. Metal Gear was the first time where the cell introduces AI type of programming, where every character was independent. So you're you're walking through these proxy wars where two guy two guys are battling it out, and all of a sudden one of the soldiers runs by you and starts capping at you like what the fuck. But it was random. You never knew. The gameplay was never the same. Never. You don't know huh. what you don't know what kind of grenade they're throwing at you. It's just it was always so different. And I think I think Sony wasn't able to capitalize on it because the programmers were just not there yet. And they ended up going with the AMD Jaguar, which they're gonna start using in the new PS five. So the Xbox and the PS they're the same shit. Easy architecture. It's all about being able to write easily. That's what it's all about.
1: So the PS four came out in two thousand thirteen. And I bought mine in 2015, so it's two years. So I'm sorry. I'll probably I'll probably wait another two years before I get a PS5. I mean, I don't really game enough to even uh, justify buying a new console. Really, I usually just use my uh, PS4 for like games like Madden or uh, the Star. What's the Star Wars one that came out last year?
0: Oh, Jedi Fallen or
1: whatever, Fallen Order. Yeah, Fallen Order. I I played that. Was it Uh, good? Played a couple. It was okay. Um, I didn't, I didn't finish
0: it. I I was just beating the shit out of those stupid frogs and getting hell of experience. And then I was like, this game is boring. It it was like those two, it wasn't polished. I mean, I'm used to playing God of War where it's a very polished game and Insomniac Spider-Man where it's super polished. Whenever you give me something unpolished, I'm like, it's like, forget it. I'm not going to play it. I'm not going to waste my time.
1: Yeah. And then like Netflix and, you know things streaming things like that which is good it's good for you
0: know yeah it does that really well the cons i bought the destiny bundle the white one which had its own Mm -hmm. problems i had to repair a couple things like the eject it would automatically eject the disc pissed me off but i bought it two years after the cycle but i think four years is a good time to purchase a new console just for the fact that you have this plethora of library because i want to play assassin's creed valhalla but I don't want to pay the 60... Oh, they're going to be 70 bucks now, the games.
1: Oh. Well, that's only a $10 difference. Not that bad.
0: Yeah, but taxes on top of that, 10%, 7.5. Oh, yeah. We're talking about yeah. 80 bucks almost for a game. Gamefly. I, mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> this episode was brought to you by Gamefly. four ninety nine unlimited game. Yeah, we're not sponsored by them. Fuck them. Um, yeah, it's just not there. It's not my it's not my cup of tea. Not yet. It will be. I hope so. But whatever. We'll see.
1: Probably when you're an older man, maybe. Shit. <laughs> when you maybe. got when you got nothing else to to live for, you just go back to video games. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so oh, back man. to back to the amps topic. Um, so, I guess like back in the day, you know, when uh, guitar amps were still being built. Um, guitar amps were small and low wattage right they're like you know probably the size of like a a mini tv or something and they're only like one or two watts and then you know because it was like all about having that kind of distorted guitar sound and um as time went on you know you go from five watts to 10 watts to 15 watts to 20 to like 30 and then uh 40 or 50 because that's where the need of guitar that's where uh guitar went that's where uh the direction music was going with the guitar so it was like the old kind of uh 40s or 50s kind of style rock rock and roll guitar was like you know kind of like that that uh power uh distortion in the amp and that's a sound you know you associate that with you know like a a rickenbacker or like a um a Gibson ES3, something like the Chuck Berry guitar, you know, and then um, it just kind of evolves from there. It goes, like, needing a uh, more clean headroom, so you need a bigger power section until eventually you get up to, like, the Dumble Steel String Singer that's 150 watts.
0: Exactly. That, dude, when I read that, man. Those... I'm pretty I'm... –
1: I'm pretty sure it can get up to hundred and fifty like mine. I'm pretty sure it can get up to there if you push like if you if you really like uh push it and kind of um, you know give it let it give everything that it has it probably gets up to hundred and fifty or more
0: <laughs> man the dumble amp i I really wish. I want to play one, <laughs> like a real one. I'm like, that's my new, my new thing. But I want to play like the overdrive, the overdrive reverb.
1: Yeah, um, I want to know, like, well, I kind of already know why uh, Dumble started making amps. You know, because his favorite amps were like Fenders, right? But he just wanted to like soup them up. Basically, um, he wanted to with uh, the guy t- tinker with them. Yeah, kind of like how the guy from uh, Mesa did it. Yeah, his. Randall, jo-
0: Randall Jones, I believe he did the or same. Or Randall, for- is it Smith? Randall Smith?
1: He Randall did the Smith. same thing. Yes. He did the
0: same thing with Mesa. I mean, MESA's a hot rodded Fender.
1: Yeah, so basically, there's like a patient zero for it, which is you know a Fender or a Marshall or a Vox. You know, those are the three like uh, branches of guitar amps, really. You know, you got your your um, chimey clean kind of uh, mid. Pushed well, not mid push, but has a kind of slightly uh, nasally kind of mid range characteristic for me for Vox amps. Then you have your Marshalls, which are like all mids, and then you have your um, like your Fender, which is clean, you know, and it's kind of scoop mids. You know, it's just the characteristic that those amps have,
0: it's just not loud. (laughs) Well, they are very loud. Huh? And there's so many amps I mean There's like We can go an hour Naming each amp company And how terrible A lot of them are <laughs> But they're terrible In the sense of Not How do I explain it I had a Vox For a very short time An AC120
1: Oh you had a Vox? Yeah I huh. had the
0: Brian May one That didn't have a EQs Just Volume
1: Oh I never paid you For a Vox man
0: <laughs> Yeah I had it Cause I was I was a big Queen fan I had it bought it for cheap but it didn't take my pedals well so I kind of returned it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and that and it was and just that's different the thing too. It, Vox was a different sound different beast. It's like it, the amp kind of dictates your playing too. Like it does. If you're playing a Vox, I realized like I felt like I had no like I had no language to speak out of it. Like musically I couldn't speak the language of what this amp required or desired for me versus if you put me on a distorted amp i can speak its language very fluently and i mean same with fender right? i use your fenders i'm like uh huh, uh-huh. like i don't even sound like a guitar player i'm like uh-huh. like i don't know what i'm gonna play out of this <laughs> i don't have the lane i don't speak that language so i think when you're looking for an amp look for something that speaks to you that makes that that understands what you're trying to tell it like it can dictate your playing
1: exactly that's what I'm trying to say you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, have like a, a metal like rock player play through like a, a a princeton or something it's just not gonna it's not gonna jive with them same thing for like a, a jazz player he's he's not gonna he or she you know he or she's not gonna really uh, groove with a Mesa. yeah like a dual rectifier they're not gonna they're not gonna get they're not gonna sound like they're not gonna sound like them it's it's whatever is gonna inspire you
0: yeah, whatever's going to inspire you. There you go. That's the best way.
1: Or, in this case, make people jealous. <laughs> Guys like uh, Mick Taylor from that pedal show are jealous of uh, my aunt.
0: Dude, let me let me get that segment on here. Let me do a little clip from it. Just a little part where he introduces. I don't think they'll trip, would they? I don't know.
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Um, This is going to be a little clip from that pedal show. You you won't be able to hear it, Marcus, but... um. I'm gonna put it on there. I'm gonna put it on the show right now, okay? I'm gonna tell you when the clip clip out. Dang it, I can get the right spot.
1: I think it was 36 15. That was the the timestamp.
0: Okay, obsessor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> okay, I got it. So this is a clip from that pedal show. Um, they answer Mr. M48's thing, disregard his real name, it's not real. He's actually, his real name is M48. That whole, it's like fake news, right? We, You know, his name isn't really, you know.
1: Is that your Donald Trump impression? Whoa,
0: whoa, I wish. I wish I could talk like the Don. That'd be sick. I wouldn't be on this show. I'd be making my own show. I'd be like, you know, amplifiers are, they're, they're neither here or there. You just play them for what they are. <laughs> Oh, come on, man. You got to play. Why aren't you playing, man? No, it's not playing. Oh, it's because I'm on the internets with you. So oh. here's, how about this? I'll, I'll, uh, I'll add it to the show notes and I'll add it to the end.
1: Yeah, we can do it in post.
0: Yeah, we'll do it in post. I'm going to add this. I, I think it's a good segment where, um, you know, M48 gets hurt on that pedal show. And it's a good discussion because, you know, <laughs> you're becoming that guy at M48. You're becoming that guy. You're just like, I do the same thing. It's what Pooner does. Where you go into a guitar store, and you already know the answer, but yeah, you ask it anyway. <laughs> be- I do that all the time. When I go into Best Buy, I mean, I already know everything about this computer in and out. And then I just like egg the person on. It's like, hey, what do you think about this machine? And they tell me a bunch of lies, and I kind of just go with it. Like, oh, okay, that's what that is. Oh, so oh, that's what it is. Oh, it's a seventh generation Core i7, you know. was like, man, I'm like, shut the fuck up. You don't even know what fucking Core i7 is. Actually, I think it's going to play. A
1: really nice All right, let's round. check it out.
0: It's yeah, Plague, so I'll tell you yeah. when it's
2: that. So but yeah, really, a, really cool. Point being, um, it's not a metal zone, or nor anything yeah. like it, which is neither good nor bad, by the way. I'm just saying.
3: Yeah. Yeah, very cool,
2: Marcus Flores. I am the, the jealousy I feel towards you, Marcus, is fairly massive. Okay, so I'll try and answer this without. Trying to be too green about it. I've just got a Two Rock Silver Sterling signature.
3: (sighs) Oh, boy, boy!
2: I mean, it's just—it's the end of amp. It's (coughs) the end of amps. It's the last amp. It's the insane 150 watt Two Rock version of the Dumble Steel String Singer.
3: But that's the one we played
2: in yeah. in LA, right? Yep. I played yeah. one. I've heard Matt Schofield play one. It's, you know. It, has, you to it really does. There aren't many amps. You know, you play, play most amps, even if it's something like a Marshall Stack, and then play my two rock next to it, and the two rock is like, OK, hello. It, it sounds massive, doesn't it, the two rock? And it is commanding, it really and it's giant. The yep. Silver Sterling Signature is more. Yeah. Which is just... Anyway, gush, 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 gush. I'm thinking of running a dual-amp rig. Would a Princeton or a Deluxe be better to pair with? Thanks, guys. Well, it's going to kill a Princeton dead.
3: Yeah. It's
2: like a Great Dane and an ant. (laughs) Actually, that's not quite fair. I don't want to use animal analogies. It's like a giant quadruple axle, what do you call them in America? Semi. uh, uh, An articulated lorry. It's a 60 ton lorry. And an SUV.
3: A Rub and Reliant.
2: Yeah. So I would say not a Princeton. Unless you're running it really quietly. Um, So I would say a Deluxe would be better. Even better would be a Super. Yeah.
3: There are things that you could do, like, for example, uh, Phil, um, oh, come on, Phil X, he runs the, uh, with with his, you know, 100 watt, um, his signature Friedman app, yeah. he also runs the little 5 watt, uh, what's it, the little app that he runs from? Um, oh come on brain He's gonna, it'll come to me in a second anyway he splits his signal before his signal even hits his amplifier um, or even his pedal board he splits the signal that goes to this uh, to this little amp first and that's always running flat out in conjunction with the pedals going into his big amp and so is he you,
2: is he using it as a preamp then?
3: No, no. He's just using it as a. He, he mics it up, and the sound guy blends that in on top of his big amp sound. Right in in a hundred thousand
2: seat stadium. Yeah. With Bon Jovi sound guy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. and yeah. But apparently it's uh, it's. I mean, it, it's it's an epic sound thing, and it's just like like that. There's that mid frequency in four bass folds that isn't necessarily there all the time. This just puts a bit of that back.
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's
3: really, really cool. So they, you can, I mean, you can do things like that um, to add a bit of those mids in, but they are so wildly mismatching power that what you run the risk of happening is that you've got this really compressed sound yeah, layered with this super clean... And that, for me, is, better, is, is a hard sound. Yeah, I mean, Simon makes it work, doesn't he? Simon, he does yeah, Simon Biffin. yeah he does but he's he's running those things flat out yeah, yeah and just hammering them um yeah
2: yeah yeah it is yeah you've got a 150 watt clean amp and a, in the case of a princeton a 12 watt dirty amp so yeah they are different i wonder
3: what that i wonder what wattage that thing actually is like on the scope, i wonder what that gets to because oh. i reckon 150 watts and that thing is going to be really conservative
2: yeah me too yeah, yeah. We we need to get one and listen to it.
3: Uh um, yeah, we
0: do bursts um, of So that was a segment from the that pedal show. Our favorite were were they part of the Anderson team at one time?
1: You know, they did uh like some videos with them, like some product demos, but um uh, eventually like while I know Mick Taylor did a lot of like uh product demos, but I don't think like he was like working there. I think they just had him on as like a, a guy that they can use for uh, their demos and their videos. Okay, that, that's
0: one of those shows I watch every so often. I like their take on it. Very wise dudes, very smart, but I like, I like how you already knew the answer to the question before you asked. You just did it because you wanted to be on the show. <laughs> Which is well, awesome.
1: Well, it was half that and half of like, hey, maybe I could make a Princeton kind of work through that but i mean um next week when uh they have their their um questionnaire thing i'm going to say thanks for answering my question and um to make mick even more jealous i just remembered i have a 1959 super lead plexi just hanging out in my house that maybe i could use that for the dual rig instead dude (laughs) just just so he just so they could be like oh my god who is this guy like
0: so that plexi is a reissue, huh?
1: Yeah, it's a reissue. I bought it uh, when I was thirteen, fourteen,
0: and and it's the hundred watt or the 50?
1: 100.
0: It's a hundred. Yep. Oh shit! That's the basically the Ingbay Malmsteen app.
1: Yeah, dude. I got it. I bought it because I wanted to sound like Angus Young, and I couldn't get it to sound like that because I didn't have an attenuator. I thought it was I thought it was being cool, I'd be like I don't need an attenuator. I did
0: need one. Oh yeah, for that amp, yeah, you need an attenuator. Um, dude, Marshalls—they're—they're they're going through this weird part of their existence. Like, they're becoming like what Gibson is today, where people are like, Ugh, "If it's not a fifty-nine Les Paul, it's garbage." Marshalls going through that mm-hmm. same thing, where like anything after the Jubilee, people are like, "No, nope, that's not a Marshall." It's like they created I mean, a, such a strong legacy. They're not even they're done, done in the water. What,
1: what was their series of amps that they had back in the day? Was it the GX something M MGH or something like that? They were solid state amps, but the yeah, MG were, series, the well, MG series, those were all right. I mean, no, for a solid, oh, I liked them. But that was that loud fans. That was, that was me like ten years ago. So nah, they had, but, loud. Um, they had
0: loud fans. They're they terrible. had fans in them. Yeah, they were terrible, dude.
1: Huh? Yeah. Why would they have fans in them if they're not uh, tubes? I
0: don't know. They had fans in them. It was terrible, dude. Wow! They'd be all loud and shit. I've, the, owned, I've owned one in my lifetime.
1: The other Marshall amp that I like is the Bluesbreaker, which is the JTM45 but it was it wasn't named the blues breaker until after clapton did that album with john mayle and the blues breakers in 66 i think
0: but that that's the same head that hendrix was using right
1: no hendrix was using a plexi
0: hmm.
1: hendrix used uh two plexis. and uh yeah, yeah i think that's all he used really I don't think I've ever seen him use like a fender or a different type of animal.
0: The, the only guy that's still to this day true vintage modern is uh, freaking Slash. <laughs> Gibson and Marshall. <laughs> he never switched from that. Hmm. Yeah, there's no footage, photos of, sm- uh, of Slash with a Stratocaster.
1: I know he's played a telly.
0: I know people have been wanting him to get a Paul Reed Smith. Uh huh. But they they've paid him a lot of money not to touch a Paul Reed Smith.
1: Damn. I yeah, feel bad for him. They paid him a
0: lot of money to not touch a PRS because they think he would go um five nine four single cut like right off the gate.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. He'd have his own signature.
0: Yeah, but I think they're Slash is trying to keep it to Gibson just to just to be cool. 'Cause you know, he's he's their spokesperson now, so
1: Oh yeah, definitely. They had the uh, the the four uh, signature Les Pauls that uh, Nam, yeah, which you couldn't touch, which you couldn't touch or play, which I was uh, not a fan of. I mean, I wasn't going to play them anyways, but. dude. They
0: they they're such a conglomerate. Why wouldn't they allow you to touch your rig? I mean, yeah, people are going to scuff them up, but they can resell then and there. If yeah. you say, "Look, these are going to be open for everyone to touch," um, at the end of the day, we're going to sell them. People will buy them. There's people that roll up to nab with cash money. I mean, I I think they're amazing looking guitars, but I can't justify paying that amount of money. That that's not a five nine four. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I'm gonna buy, if I'm gonna spend that kind of coin, I'm gonna get a single cut five nine four. there Paul Reed Smith has already won me over on that price range. Definitely. Yep. And then once I get the Pete Thorne, I'm selling my other sir. Going
1: How many? How many months uh, you got left on that? I don't that? even know.
0: I gave up. <laughs> it's just a, the... it's just a you remember how uh, there was that one movie where they said it's just a dream of what was Wakanda or whatever. Some statement, some Disney movie. I'm going to say that. Yeah, it's just a dream that I've earned the guitar named
1: Pete Thorne. <laughs> what, was the, what was the song that I, I I wrote for that? I was like, I don't want to
0: wait
1: 18 months for my Pete Thorne. <laughs>
0: oh, dude. I'm willing to wait, because I, I don't want to be spending that kind of cash coin on that anyway. allows me to buy more stuff in between.
1: Yeah, that's true. Stonks.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think I already found what kind of guitar I'm going to use, so. Most likely, so, I'm getting rid of the Sir once I get my Pete Dorn.
1: The P6? Yeah, I'm going to get rid of it. Oh, uh, no. That's like your... Sig? <laughs> yeah, that's like your number one.
0: It, it is my number one. It's actually on the rack. It's the one I use so much. I, don't know. I always go through those phases, man. I go through a guitar in four years, and I'm like, eh, that seems to dude, be that, my, my max point, dude. Four years,
1: I can't, dude. That that's the guitar I know you by. Like that's how that's how I met you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what the sir? I know that's like, what you every, know, everyone defines me as. That guitar, though, like everyone that like, knows me or plays with, they're like, hey, that's you. I'm yep.
1: Yeah, like you know how um, when you meet somebody or someone for a long time that you've known for a while, you remember like the the haircut that they had, you know. Or that you remember, like the the um, the type of you know shoes that they wore all the time. You know, oh yeah, you wore the red Converse all the time, or some, something like that. Or, um, but <laughs> that's the that's the thing for you is the P Six.
0: <laughs> I guess I'll just keep it then. <laughs> I'll sell the it's, other yeah. stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna get rid of my ESPs, man.
1: <laughs> it's too much. It's too much of your identity for you to sell that.
0: Okay. I mean, I think I spent. I think I put already 3,000 hours on it. Dang. Yeah, it's at 3,000. I have specific logs for how much time I use a guitar. Hmm. Yeah, I keep track of weird stuff. I don't know. I'm a weirdo. Um, I'm running at 3,000. All I know is that I've been running on that stupid Eugene's bag of tricks for 16 hours now, and I still can't get it.
1: I'm going to pretend like I know what that is.
0: The the Crossroads battle where Steve Vai, the devil's guitar player, battles uh, Ralph Macchio.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. The the movie that they cut um, uh, Shuggy Otis out of.
0: Yeah, man. We still got you, Shugs. You're still the man. Um, you're,
1: still, you're still with us in our hearts.
0: Hell, yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, that stupid beginning lick, man. I mean, I can play the song. That's not a problem. I can play the whole Eugene bag of Tricks. Can I play it up to speed like Steve Vai cleanly? No. I can only play it at 60% tempo of what you can do. And everyone that played it on the internet fast, they all play it sloppy. No one has played it clean but Steve Vai.
1: Okay. So that's like your goal?
0: It's a good... Eh, I always try to learn a hard-ass song. Like, the last song I, I learned before this one was uh, Cliffs of Dover. Uh-huh. And then once I learned it, I was like, eh, this song's stupid. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> once you learn something, you're like, "This you don't even want to listen to it anymore. Like, this song's dumb. But, I mean, it, it did teach me, like, the kind of the thinking of Eric Johnson. Like, oh, okay, I get it now. He's basically 1-5, and then he goes up to the dominant seventh. <laughs> That's all he does. And then you're like, oh, okay. And then now getting into the brain of Steve Vai, I'm like... What makes steve I unique is that he's a big fan of the Dorian. And he's a big fan of keeping things very linear. So once I figured that out, I was like, okay, I can kind of see into the brain of steve I. Like, remember how Juan, um, the conformist, was talking about singing the brain through their music? Yeah. I'm getting that experience when, I'm, when I deep dive deep into these songs. I wish I could – I got to devote more time to these, but I think I'm going to – hopefully I'm projecting to have Eugene's Bag of Tricks after 30 hours – and then I'll post it on the interwebs cleanly.
1: <laughs> that's the that's the real challenge is recording yourself cleanly, like without messing up or keeping your like your takes to a minimum.
0: Yeah. Everyone I've seen it, on YouTube that they play it dirty. They don't play it right, or they speed up their video. Uh-huh. They don't they don't play it clean. There's a there's a little part where I think you gotta pay attention to, and I don't think people do. They all they all do it like an arpeggio with your index. You're supposed to arpeggiate, but then your middle finger on the fifth fret of the fourth string, and then slide over to the seventh fret, because that opens hmm. up the next arpeggio. But people don't do that. I know Steve I did it, but people don't. I don't see people doing it.
1: Hmm. I can't remember me practicing something like like something that specific that rigorously. I probably have to go back, you know, ten years or something into that maybe
0: it's part of it's part of the practice routine i kind of i like to add a song and just do a 10 to 15 minutes a day on it Uh but i try to choose a song that's like you know they used to have etudes for classical players no okay so classical players have etudes there are songs that develop new techniques in the player Uh so for me because there's no etudes for electric guitar i kind of use specific songs as an etude like um, right now, Eugene Bag of Tricks is the etude that I'm practicing to to get to make my playing better. Like, I'm using this song as a template. Like, oh, okay, I can do that now. It's like adding a new a new type of cursive to your already your font your font list.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, um, that makes that makes more sense.
0: And then I think after this, um, if I can get this song down, then I'm gonna add another hard ass YouTube song I'm thinking of Joseph Riani's uh, uh, Crystal Planet that's my next tune after Eugene Bags of Tricks and then I'm gonna quit guitar
1: cause that's it you know <laughs> yeah
0: after that where do you go where do you go from there lithium you you've
1: already done it all
0: <laughs> well, I've done a lot of songs used to know how to play the entire system of a down first album. I know how to play the whole Red Hot Chili Peppers Californication, by the way, all the songs, like on the album. And then Metallica, I knew how to play the entire Ride the Lightning album.
1: Oh, that's a good album.
0: It's a very fun. It's a fun album. It's good to run through. Oh, um, I used to know how to play Neon. I think I'm going to revisit Neon. That's a good song. I like the little pops.
1: Are you talking about the acoustic version or the album version? Album version. Oh, Here the acoustic version. It's better. It's it's a little uh, faster. I think it's like maybe maybe five or six uh, BPMs faster. Oh, okay. Hmm. But yeah, that's. Um, He opened a show like that, because I don't know if you've ever heard or seen the Where the Light Is DVD of uh, him live at the Nokia Theater in 2007, I believe.
0: No, the last thing I saw live of him was Any Given Thursday.
1: Man, you're way, you're way outdated.
0: Dude, this guy was big back in 2005-ish, four ish
1: Yeah, Where the Light Is came came out around that same time period. Yeah. So, anywho, he opened He opened his uh, set with Neon Acoustic.
0: Nice. I gotta, I'll i check it out. I'll check it. I'll check it. And then uh, back to Tier Purple, so no gigs anytime soon.
1: Oh, yeah, we're back in the purple, huh? Yep. I overheard that conversation today.
0: <sighs> so... We need to come up with a plan for those podcast listeners. I think we're going to do our podcast now in person, though. We went purple.
1: Yeah. <laughs> why? Why? Because fuck them. That's why.
0: <laughs> yeah. Fuck them. That's why I didn't vote for Newsom. <laughs> so therefore, I'm um, taking a stand. Take a stand. <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to start putting this podcast on YouTube. And we're gonna start recording live. We're gonna have to use your little studio
1: for that. Cool. It's uh it's now up to the optimum uh, humidity level for my guitar. So oh, uh, about the little thing? Yeah.
0: It helps, huh? Little things yeah. like that are like, wait, what? <laughs> I noticed yeah, that. I,
1: I got scared, dude, because I, I, I woke up in the morning and I was like, Oh y'all I'll go in my studio and just, you know, check things out. I saw the freaking uh meter or whatever it's called. And it was 28%. I was like, oh, no, I got to put them back in the cases. So I put them back in the cases, and I was like, I need to do something. I need to buy, like, a hum- a, hum- a humidifier or something. So that's what I did.
0: Nice. Oh, yeah, I got to check my guitars, too, because I keep them it's in a, another room. I always it's have, a to small, them, I have to pull them out in the winter.
1: It's a small price to pay for if you have uh, expensive guitars.
0: Well, especially if you have Martin. Martins are babies, dude.
1: Yeah, it is. But it's my baby.
0: Yeah, Martins are babies. They've always been. That's why I was always a Taylor guy.
1: But you don't own a Taylor.
0: I'm, well, I'll own one in the future. <laughs> well, I'm not in my acoustic area yet. That's that's all you. I'm not there yet.
1: You're not in your uh, Neil Young, Bob Dylan phase? No,
0: not yet. I think that's coming up in the next 10 years. I think after I finished the Joe Satriani song... Then I'm just—you're gonna, gonna see me go unplugged for everything. You're gonna be like, <laughs> be man, I remember—I remember when Gonzo used to play electric. It's like, nope, no more electric, man. If it ain't close to the earth, I ain't playing it. <laughs> oh, That'd God, be pretty
1: yeah. badass to see you go acoustic, though.
0: I'll, I'll do that in the future, not now. I was—I was so anti-acoustic. Even when I joined the guitar orchestra, I auditioned for the electric guitarist. I couldn't do acoustic, like. Even the professor's like, you don't want to do classical? And I'm like, no, I don't want to do classical. Fuck classical. I hate classical. They should have never gave classical any money. Like, I was, I was against it, man. I still am.
1: Well, I think acoustic classic and just regular acoustic is way different. Oh, so. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Classical guitar is way different. As you heard from um, the conformist that nearly killed him. I have that relic. Yeah. That relic yeah, me- that almost killed him.
1: That's a museum piece.
0: Dude, I'm keeping it forever now. Just so I can have it. Like That almost killed the conformist.
1: Like when the day when... uh, The unfortunate day when the conformist officially, you know, leaves the earth. You know, you you have that thing to remember him
0: by. Oh, seriously, man. Well. I put a little sound bit in there. And I'm ending the closing thing here So Final thoughts
1: Final thoughts about The Our master volume debate Yep Um I would say When in doubt Get an amp with the master volume I thought you were
0: going to say something else
1: (laughs) When in doubt pull out And go acoustic
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> go acoustic
1: <laughs> you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll say that instead when in doubt pull out an acoustic
0: <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt pull out and go acoustic
1: because you know what your master volume is for an acoustic right it's your right hand
0: oh this is another episode of music speaks sometimes very loudly. Episode doesn't even matter because the world's gonna end anyway. Peace!